following sermon is by Andy Lake, the senior pastor of Liberty Bible Church. This program, Grow in Liberty, is the preaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church in Vienna, Ohio. Liberty Bible Church places a priority on the Word of God over all else and has a desire to share truth with believers and non-believers alike. Our prayer is that as people tune in, they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Join us as we grow together through the Word of God. So glad Jesus paid it all. Not some of it, not most of it. He didn't get things started. He paid it all. When he was on the cross, he shouted to Telestai, finished, paid in full. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. And I desire your prayers every time I stand before you. Today, the subject matter is a little more personal than I typically preach. Those of you who have been around me for any amount of time know I don't like the spotlight to be on me. I want to be on Christ. And if a topic such as this is not handled well, the spotlight will very quickly come to me. But it needs to remain on Christ. And I want you to be praying for me that I present well, and I want you to be praying that you would hear well and that our focus would remain on Christ. Look with me, if you would, at Hebrews chapter 13. And for context, let's start reading in verse number 7, please. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them, uh, that have been occupied therein. We have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. 
For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust uh, we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought you again from the dead, uh, again from dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. For I have written a letter unto you in many words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you. And all the saints, they bitterly salute you. Grace be unto you all. Amen. Father, we do ask that the God of peace that brought us again from the dead the Lord Jesus. We pray that he would guide us, that great shepherd. We pray that, Father, we, his sheep, would follow. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We come now to a portion of this um, postscript of the message. We talked about this before, how chapter 13 is sort of like a postscript after a conclusion. Um, We come to this kind of practical uh, portion here, and the practical is on advice on how to uh, relate between congregation and pastor. Now, this uh, this is, again, one of those areas that I'm very cautious about. Now, while verse 7 drew our attention to those of the past, uh, we are also instructed on how to honor those of the present leadership and even those to come that have not yet uh, been in position. You know, it's easier to remiss than it is to submit. Have you ever thought about that? If you've never really thought about it, think back to the last time you heard someone say, I remember the good old days, right? We remember how things were and how things we enjoyed and how things were different. I remember back in my day, we didn't have food. We ate the dirt and we were thankful, right? One of those type of, we reminisce. It's easier sometimes to reminisce than it is to submit to what's before us. Well, I, I'm good with technology. That's a, the bane of my existence, though. I hate technology. I'm good with it because I have to be. But I hate it. I despise a lot of this newfangled type of thing. You know, I'm just not a big, huge fan of it. I can complain about it or I can learn to deal with it. This is sort of the idea that we come into here in this chapter and in this particular section. This exhortation, I believe, is much needed today, if, if ever 
in the past. As a matter of fact, Jordan um, was writing of this back at the turn of the, um, at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. And he wrote the statement that uh, an understanding of submission to biblical leadership is now more than ever needed because of the push and drive for independence, uh, the push and drive to reject authority. We are given independent thought. We are given uh, this complete idea of complete rejection of authority. And if you don't think rejection of authority is a problem, just just think of yourself uh, uh, about the last time that someone in a place of authority maybe asked you to be accountable to something, and then you complained about it in front of your kids. Kind of like that mother who gets pulled over or that father who gets pulled over. Jeff and I were driving down the other day, and I got pulled over. And I looked at the speedometer, and I said, I'm not going that fast, am I? I'm... And the problem was I had a for sale sign in the truck on the windshield, and he says, I wanted to get you before the state trooper got you and wrote you a ticket. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I wonder how many times we get uh, an issue and what do we do? We run them down. They got nothing better to do. They're never around when you actually need them, but they're here with me, and your kids are sitting in the back seat going, oh, so I don't have to enjoy authority either. Take it to the school. <laughs> I remember growing up, and my dad took my side long after he took the teacher's side. It was spank first, ask questions later, right? Today, parents go into the school system and they want to beat up on the teacher when their little snot-nosed brat was the one in, in, in the wrong. Not my little Johnny, he's an angel. I'm all for cameras in the classroom. Your little angel ain't as angelic as you might think. That halo's cricket. We have a problem and in a society in general that has found its way into the church. When God's people reject God's messengers, that's a problem. And so the question, I guess, to kind of kick things off with is how should I respond to spiritual leadership? How should I respond to spiritual leadership? You see, from popular music to the college classroom, the pervading thought is, as Shakespeare once said, this above all, to thine own self be true. You see, the other side of the street must be seen. Many leaders are only concerned with being obeyed and not occupied with the weight of the responsibility. If you know me at all, you know the weight of responsibility that rests on my shoulders. I don't take it lightly. The thought of standing before you and leading you astray keeps me up at night. And it should. 
It should keep me awake. It should cause great angst within me when I'm opening the word of God and I'm getting ready to prepare the table before you to be able to feast on the word of God, to be able to take the truths of the word of God. That should make me sick to my stomach. That should drive me uh, to, to, uh, to inspecting every single word. I had someone ask me, why in the world do you want to learn Greek? You speak English, don't you? Because the weight of this has impressed upon me so much that I don't want to stop with just the English understanding. I want to go as far as I can so that I can rightly divide the word of truth. That should be a weighty thing for me. No one should ever occupy the sacred desk of the messenger of God without having that sort of approach to it. Ever. but I don't think we often take this same approach when we're sitting and listening. And this is what I believe the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to understand. The writer of Hebrews gives to us several things that he asks of us in responding to leadership. And I want you to notice this, and before we go any further, whether it is Liberty Bible Church, Pastor Andy Lake, or any other preacher, teacher, pastor, or any other church. I want you to understand what you can expect from the leadership, and I want you to also understand what you ought to do in response. This is not about me. This is everything to do with thus says the Lord. The first thing I want you to notice in verse 7 through 9, he says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. I want you to note a couple things as far as this is concerned. He says to remember them. Now, just as Jesus never changes, I want you to understand the doctrine of Christ never changes. Preachers may come and go. Pastors may come and go. But the word of God stands forever. Jesus does not change. And so as long as the leadership continues to focus on thus says the Lord of God, and as long as the, the focus and the foundation is maintained, which is Jesus Christ, which never changes, don't ever be carried about with anyone who alters that. If somebody ever, if, if the day comes where I'm walking across the street and I get flattened flatter than a pancake by a Mack truck and you all bring somebody else in here to preach the gospel and he takes you a direction other than Jesus Christ and his shed blood and the word of God maintaining preeminence, I want you to run him out of here. You need someone who will give to you God's word unadulterated. Don't find someone that's going to give you a, a self-help message. Ten steps to a better you. All right? 
I can give you one step. Jesus. You can save time with the other nine. Take the book back. Your best life is not here. It's in heaven. Now, I want you to look back at verse 7 and see what he's talking about. We mentioned this a little bit in passing last week. It says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Look back with reverence the leaders that God has placed in your life. They may not have always been perfect, but I want you to understand the direction that they wanted you to go. This is where we focus. You see what it says? Whose faith follow. (laughs) If you put your faith in me, I'm going to let you down. I'm sorry. I'm going to follow Pastor Andy. Listen, you're going to follow me until you drive down the road one day and you see me and one of your deacons pulled over on the side of the road and you everything goes through your mind. What was he doing? Uh, uh-huh. I was sitting there with Jeff and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many of our church members just drove by. And then they get home. Did any of them text me? Mm-mm. Praying for you, Pastor. <laughs> no. Well, what happens? They go, you wouldn't believe what I saw Pastor Andy and Brother Jeff do. They were pulled, I, and I'm pretty sure I saw the cop pulling the cuffs out. I'm not. They had like five cop cars around them, riot guns and shields and everything. It was crazy, man. One cop. And he was a really nice guy. One of Vienna's finest. looking back and and seeing their faith is the focus. Whose faith, who do they have their faith placed in? If their faith is in the Word of God, follow it. If their faith is in Christ, follow it. If faith is in themselves, run. Run. I love the way it puts it in pretty much order. He says, remember them who have rule over you, who have spoken unto you their opinions. Nope. Who've spoken unto you their political views. Nope. Who've spoken unto you the word of God. Follow that. Follow that. So we're to remember them. Never, never build your spiritual life on one person, though. Build your spiritual life on Christ and follow those who lead you further in that walk. That's what you're looking for. As far as what you, you know, people say, what should I look for in a pastor? What should I look? I'm getting ready to relocate. What should I look for in a church? What should I look for in a pastor? That. Look for someone, look for a church, look for a pastor who is going to help you walk closer to Christ. Don't look for someone who's going to give you all the rules and regulations. Don't look for someone who's going to tell you who to do, who to vote for and who not to vote for. Don't look for one who's going to tell you. No, no, stop it. Find someone who's going to lead you to Christ and a closer walk with Christ. You see, whenever a church experiences change of leader, other things are going to change as well. And if my spiritual life is built around a person, then my whole world is going to be disrupted. Look. I'm human just like you are. And there are certain people I don't like. 
I love them. But when they occupy the pulpit, there's a problem that I see. And I don't want to listen to that. And I got to get over myself to hear the word of God. If I allow my personal feelings on the matter to come into play, I'm going to miss on what God's word has to say. So I've got to get me out of the equation and listen to God. I got to get them out of the equation and listen to God. The second thing, this is a tough one. You ready? Look at verse 17. And I want you all to read it, that first word, with me. Obey. Oh. I'm coming, Elizabeth, right? I didn't say it. God's Word did. Now, I want you to notice some of this here because it's very easy for some men to take hold of this, and you should obey me no matter what because of my position. Oh, pride goes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. No. Notice what it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch over your souls as they that must give an account. This two-way street ought to hit hard. Whenever a servant of God, catch this, whenever a servant of God in submission to the will of God presents the word of God, then the people of God should obey the leading of God. I'll give that to you one more time. It's up on the screen there. Whenever a servant of God, in submission to the will of God, presents the word of God, then the people of God ought to obey the leading of God. I didn't say the pastor. I said the leading of God. If I'm presenting to you myself, don't listen. But if I'm presenting to you Christ, his word, his commandments, obey. Not because of anything about me, but because of what I'm presenting, because of what I am putting forth to you. I'm not putting forth, thus says Andy Lake. I'm sorry, my name's James, but I ain't King James. We've got to focus but I want you to see the why behind the what. Flip back to Ephesians, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter 4. Because I want you to understand God's reasoning for spiritual leadership. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians comes right before all the T's in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, and drop down to verse number 11 with me, if you would. It says, and he gave some apostles, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? 
for the perfecting of the, of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, uh, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by the uh, that which uh, every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That's a mouthful. But I want you to notice a couple things. It tells us why he gave us apostles, preachers, pastors, teachers, so forth and so on. He says in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. That word perfecting, we've looked at it before. It's maturing. It's so that we can mature. We don't remain children. Do you see that in there as well? Look at verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Now, with that in mind, in Hebrew or in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, now look at Hebrews 13 again. And he says in verse 9, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. Understand the reasoning that God gives to us, pastors, teachers, preachers, evangelists, and so forth. The reason he does this is so that you and I can grow up to be more like Christ, and we're not going to be quick to jump from false doctrine to false doctrine, from good idea to good idea, from bad idea to bad idea. I'm over here, and I think everything over here is right. Now I'm going to go over here and think everything here is right. You want to know why people church hop and they they jump from doctrine? to doctrine, to doctrine, to doctrine. It's because they're not worried about what thus says the Lord. They're worried about what I want to hear. And they hear and they listen to this preacher. I like the way this one says it. I love the way he presents it. Oh, wait a minute. He just said something I don't like. I'm going somewhere else. Carried about. Why? Because I don't want to submit. And it has very little to do with submitting to the man of God. It has everything to do with submitting to what he's presenting. When the pastor's, when the pastor's preaching from the word of God and he says, adultery is a no-no, and people go, I don't care. You're not rejecting me. You're rejecting him. When the word of God says forgive and it shall be forgiven and the pastor presents a message on you need to forgive people, you need to forgive one another. It doesn't matter any of this other stuff. You've got to let go because Jesus forgave you, you forgive them and you walk away and say, you don't understand, boy. You're not rejecting me. You're rejecting him. I came to grips with this a long time ago that I ain't making everybody happy. It's just it's not going to happen. But I can strive to make him happy. And I'm sorry, but you all take back seat. He comes first. And before I ever present a word that's going to tickle an ear, 
I'm going to present a word that's going to be in keeping with what he once said. I want you to realize the gravity of what is being said here in verse 17. It says, obey them that had the rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you. I want you to understand something. There's coming a day when all leaders will give an account for how they lead, but there's coming a same day when all congregants will give an account for how they obeyed. Well, we don't want to hear that part. You see, I'm going to face God I'm going to stand before my Savior one day, and I'm going to have to give an account for how I led you. And that's where the account stops, because you're going to have to give an account for how you submitted to what I showed you. And it does you no profit to disobey. It doesn't, it's not unprofitable for me that you disobey. It is profitable for me that I lead well. But I'm not going to give an account for you, and you're not going to give an account for me. It's going to be one-on-one. I'm not going to be able to say, well, (laughs) you know, Lord, I... I know I didn't preach that aspect, but you got to understand there were people in my church that would have got up and left if I'd have preached that. He's not going to take that. And when you stand before God and you say, well, I know I sat under that guy's preaching, and boy, I sat under that guy's preaching. You know how long when did, you don't have any idea what it's like to sit under his preaching, and I did it for a long time, preacher, but you got to understand the circumstances of why I didn't obey. I don't think he's going to put up with that one. realize when I present truth, I'm not doing it because I'm looking for an opportunity to beat anybody up. I'm doing it because I care. Because I've been tasked with watching over your souls. I've been tasked with the glorious responsibility from God himself to guide you spiritually. So I'm going to do the best in my ability. Realize that it would actually be better for someone, actually be better if they never heard God's word proclaimed than to hear it and disobey it. If you never heard if you never understood this idea of forgiveness, you never understood what God's Word said on a specific topic, it would be better for you than to hear it, reject it, and then face Him on that day.
This is why I like to preach expository. Chapter by chapter, verse by verse, we go through every part of it. If I come to something that you're struggling with, I ain't picking on you. I'm just preaching through the Bible. Take it up with Him. Look at the next part of this. Verse 18. Pray for us. (laughs) Let's just stop there. I don't, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I just want you to seriously contemplate. I know some of you will say yes. Some of you maybe not. I don't know which ones. I do know a few because they've told me before. But how many of you pray on a regular basis or at least one time through the week. Don't raise your hands because I don't want to get some of you to uh, lie. That the Word of God would dwell in me richly as I prepare to preach on Sunday. You know, that's profiting you. He says, pray for us, for we trust uh, we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. I want you to understand the best thing that you can do for yourself, for your church, for your community, for your pastor, is to pray that I would preach and live in a way that is honest and in a way that I can have a good conscience. Best thing that you can do. Honesty comes from this Greek word, parasoteros, it means of excellent nature. It means unashamedly that I can present it knowing God is well pleased with my head held above reproach. That's what he's saying. If you would pray that, On a regular basis, God, would you work in Pastor Andy's life? He is preparing a message. I know he is preparing a message. He's mulling on it all week long. I know this. And and God, I want you to make that text so come alive. And I want him, when he presents it on Sunday morning, to be able to present it, having nothing hidden, no hidden agendas, to do it honestly. And I want him to be able to present it in a way to where he's got a good conscience and can face you. Best thing you can do for me. Best thing you can do for yourself. Well, I know it helps you, Pastor, but how does it help me? Do you want to hear from God or do you want to hear from me? If you want to hear from me, go home. If you want to hear from God, you'll pray for me. Because I don't want to be heard. Learn to pray for your pastor to preach and lead with honesty and a good conscience. And then, trust him. Trust him. How some preachers can actually sleep at night baffles my mind. 
how some professing Christians who can hear truth week after week and still reject baffles my mind. I don't understand it. I don't understand how someone who claims to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, and to love their neighbor as thyself can reject the truth of God's word week after week after week after week after week. I don't, I don't understand that. Listen, with, with as much love and respect as I can give. If what I am preaching is not God's truth, then you need me to leave. But if what I am preaching is God's truth, you need to obey. If I'm not preaching truth, or if any pastor is not preaching truth, why listen? I don't understand that. If I show up week after week, or if I turn on the radio week after week, and what I hear is not truth, I'm going to turn it off. But if it's the truth, I need to obey it. Last, it says, salute them. Verse 24, salute them that have the rule over you and all the saints. Now, if anybody comes up and starts saluting me, I'm ordering them a uniform. Sergeant Pepper! No. Don't, Don't do that. The idea of saluting, the idea of saluting means to greet cheerfully, to pay their respects, or to welcome into your heart. Welcome into your heart. Here's what that's saying. The final thought here is not of a dictatorial idea. The idea is of a warm welcoming of what is being taught. Salute them, welcome them, greet them well. It gives the idea, if I go to your house and you lay before me dinner and I'm looking at it going, it's covered in coconut. Now, Debbie Bradley would probably do it just for meanness. Some of you would do it and you're like, oh, I didn't realize Pastor Andy didn't like coconut. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to gag down every bite and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. because you have put work and effort into it. Now, if any of you invite me over for dinner now and you put coconut on the table, I'm going to know something's wrong. Disobedience. But I'm going to accept warmly what you have provided. I'm not going to complain. Like my kids, they're not allowed. You eat what's put in front of you and you're going to do it with a good attitude or I'm going to give you a good attitude. Right? I'm going to accept it warmly, cheerfully. Realize that the best gift you can ever give a pastor is nothing tangible. 
but it is when people cheerfully embrace the Word of God. Best gift a pastor can ever receive is to present his Word, his Word, not his Word, his Word, and for someone to take it and apply it to their life. Understand there should should be a heavy reality here, both directions. Should be. The heavy reality here is both to the pastor and to the congregant. Now, realize we are quick to notice others' responsibilities. We're quick to notice that. We're quick to notice everybody else's responsibilities. What's the pastor supposed to do? What's this person supposed to do? What are the deacons supposed to do? Stop. Notice your own. Note your own responsibility, and you're responsible right now. You have been presented with the Word of God. And there are things perhaps in your mind that you're still chewing on from the Word of God. You're responsible to obey it. If you claim to be born again by the Spirit of God, you have no excuse. So look at the personal application to this. Do you honor leadership? Think about this for a moment. It's not about saluting your pastor and, you know, making sure that, oh, we got to do stuff to make him happy. No, 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 no. Do you honor the leadership that God has placed in your life? Or are you still rejecting? Are you still pushing against God's leadership in your life? Determine now to respond to God's word, regardless of any personal problem, whether it's in this church, this pastor, or any other church or other pastor. Learn to obey God's word. Second, are you obedient to leadership? Catch this. If you are honestly praying for God's guidance as I prepare and as I lead and as I pastor, if you're honestly praying that, trust the Lord. When I take the focus off of Christ and his word, run. But if you honestly are praying that God would guide me, trust him that he will guide me. Realize that as you are praying, that if the pastor and if the preacher is guiding by God's clear word, that you're not rejecting the pastor, you're rejecting God's clear word. So third, do you pray for their integrity? You want to know what to pray for me? That I would be a man of integrity that I would live in a way that is honest, not telling people what they want to hear, but being honest, that I would have a good, clear conscience before God and before man. If the pastor is only guiding with good advice, you need to find one who will give you God's word. I want you to look. It's 2 Timothy chapter 4 with me, and we're going to close with this. Second Timothy 
This is one of the pastoral epistles. Paul is about ready to head from his jail cell to the chopping block. He's about to stretch out his neck and lose his life for the gospel. And he's writing to Timothy, and he's giving Timothy his last bit of advice. And he says in verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Preach the word. Last, do you welcome God's message or do you just let it pass by? If the preacher is presenting God's word and not just supplying you with good advice, then you have two options. The first is to obey. The second is admit you have itching ears and don't want to hear that. That's where it, li- that's where it lies. My responsibility is to present the truth. And I want you to pray that I never stray from that. And while you're praying for me, I'm going to be praying for you, that you would hear God's word and that it would spark something in your brain and in your heart. You would apply it to your life and be obedient to him. So while you're praying for me to present God's word, I'm going to be praying for you to receive God's word. Let's pray for one another in that. You have been listening to Andy Lake, Bible teacher with Grow in Liberty and pastor of Liberty Bible Church. We pray that you were challenged today and encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. If you were motivated in some way to grow in your walk with Christ, please drop us a line and reference the title of today's message. You can access us online at growinliberty.org. Email us at together at growinliberty.org or send us a letter to Liberty Bible Church, 2111 Sodom Hutchings Road, Vienna, Ohio. 44473. If you would like to support Grow in Liberty financially, 
You may also do that at growinliberty.org. Thank you so much for joining us today.